As I begin here, I need to do something that I don't like to do, but it's uh, a bit of some announcing. Um, mainly because we have those, I, you know, we don't want to have to do this, but these are some important things that uh, I want to try to make sure everybody's aware of. Firstly is an introduction. You know, some uh, months ago now, we did a parish survey, and uh, out of that survey, we, well, you told us a lot of things that you would like to see, and the primary focus of it uh, was with regards to our youth. And um, so we have added that 5.30 Mass on Sunday evening, which is being very well attended, uh, probably averaged about 600 folks uh, on these first few weekends when we've celebrated that. And um, you also said that you wanted more being done for our youth. I know that our parents here are very um, worried that their sons and daughters will not have faith when they grow up. And so we have uh, brought on board, on staff, uh, another individual because what we've already been doing with our youth ministry is uh, a lot and uh, we can't do any more without someone else. And uh, so I would like to introduce to you Mr. Joe Schleicher. Joe was uh, playing the drums and so he has some very wonderful musical talent as well. And his purpose is going to be to uh, help to beef up what is going on musically, especially with that 6.30 or 5.30 mass. Uh, and then also to be very, very involved uh, with uh, other youth activities. So we now have uh, essentially two people full time for uh, our youth in the parish. And that's going to be very important. I'm also asking Joe and Matt to get into our high schools around here, especially Kings and Loveland, uh, to be present to our young men and women who are there. So that's going to be a very important part of their ministry. So we're doing what you asked us to do. And I hope this uh, sits well with everyone. Uh, two other things, and, and I'll try to do this very quickly. Um, there's a theology of the body for adults that we are doing on October 10th, 17th, and 24th. And it's a series, so you, you don't just go to one, you would be going to all three. I believe this would be transformational for you if you attend, uh, for you as an individual, uh, for your uh, relationship with your spouse, and certainly for your family and your children as well. Um, you know, Pope John Paul II uh, did these 120 talks over the course of several years that have been consolidated into what then has become known as the theology of the body. It's an anthropology of who we are called to be as God's people. And, uh, and that, of course, has uh, you know, consequences to it and responsibility. So please take a look at that information and, and try to be present. It's going to run from 7 to 8.30 here in the church on those evenings. And again, I, I truly do believe it will be uh, transformational moments for you in what you believe and, and, and who we are as God's people. And then lastly, and I'm sorry to have to do all this this morning, but um, you all received information with regards to stewardship and also the census. And um, stewardship's important, and, and we know that people who make a written commitment are more likely to stick to that commitment. And so I would ask you, please, to do that, uh, to think about what you can give to the parish community, well, so that we can afford to do things like two people in our youth uh, office. So, but the, the, the really important piece with that is the census. Please look at that. Please correct it. Please get it back to us. Our records here are awful. I mean, there were six different things that had to be changed on my form. That's how bad it is. So please get it back to us. Even if there are no changes, we need to know that. So it would be most appreciated if you could respond quickly with that. 
And now to the homily. <laughs> Counting today, Sunday. In 50 days, we will celebrate the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe, the last Sunday of our church year. So that's 50 days from today. In 54 days, we will celebrate Thanksgiving. 57 days marks the beginning of the season of Advent, the beginning of a new church year. And how many days do you think it is until Christmas? 81. Now, why do I mention this? Why, why is this important? You know, what do the solemnity of Christ the King and Thanksgiving and Advent and Christmas have to do with one another? Well, they all celebrate a vision. And it is a vision that comes from God. You know, even our civil feast of Thanksgiving offers a vision. And it is a vision founded in belief in a good and generous God. In the northern parts of our country were founded by the English Protestants. The southern and the western parts of our country were founded by the Spanish Catholics. We have a foundation that is very Christian. And we believe in a good and generous God. And on Thanksgiving, we will use a preface. And uh, the title of the preface is Independence Day Number 1. But it speaks to us explicitly and connects the Christian vision with the founding of our country. It says this, Jesus spoke to us a message of peace and taught us to live as brothers and sisters. His message took form in the vision of our founding fathers as they fashioned a nation where we might live as one. So it will be helpful if we see the readings that we have heard today in our liturgy in the context of all of these upcoming celebrations. Because for many, the vision given by God has been either terribly skewed or simply lost altogether. The reality of our Western world is that we are living in a culture that sociologists have labeled as the post-Christian age. You know, Christianity is done. We're moving on to something else. We all know that Christian denominations of various stripes are losing membership. If not for the growing immigrant Latino population in the United States, even the Catholic Church would be losing numbers instead of gaining. If we're going to enter into despair about the future of our Christian faith, well, now would certainly be the time to do that, if that's where you want to go. We hear a reading this morning from Habakkuk, and he lived in a time 
with similar problems. You know, we know little about this prophet, but from his writings we can conjecture that, that he was very involved in temple ministry, perhaps even being one of the priests of the temple. And what is known is that, that Habakkuk lived watching Babylon's rise to power. And long threatened by Assyria, Judah, Judah watched the impossible happen. Babylon defeats Assyria to become the world's power. And then Babylon turns its eye on Judah, on Israel. And so what happens? The kings of Judah, in order to do what they think is an appeasement of Assyria, and preparing to appease Babylon, they begin to abandon God. They abandon Yahweh in favor of the false gods of Assyria. And Babylon as well. It was a ploy. The kings had forgotten God. And, and they believed who they were. And what they were was because of themselves. Their own power. Their own doings. Because all they were really concerned about. Was to preserve their status. And their own power. And with the slow erosion of the influence of their religious values, the deterioration of Israelite society was very clear and evident. And today, we read Habakkuk's lament. Habakkuk says, How long, Lord? How long, O Lord, I cry for help. But you... You do not listen. I cry out to you violence, but you do not intervene. A lament is a special kind of prayer in which a, a person complains to God. But a lament always ends with a reason to have hope. A reason to have hope despite the despair that has settled in. And what is unique about Habakkuk's lament is that he was not blaming other forces for Judah's problems. Habakkuk is blaming God. And there's only one other place in our scriptures where that happens, and that's the book of Job. Job blames God for every bad thing that happens to him but comes around to realize it's not God. And for Habakkuk, what was happening, again, was not because God was punishing Judah. Rather, it seemed to Habakkuk that, that God no longer cared. God wasn't listening. He says, Lord, you do not listen. God does. Listen. God speaks of a vision. And God wants the vision to be known and preached and, 
and to never be forgotten. And thus he told Habakkuk, he says, write down the vision clearly upon the tablets so that one can read it readily. For the vision still has its time. Habakkuk teaches us to believe in the vision of a just God and to be patient. God is with us. God is here with us, present always. But in God's good time, God will come. And Paul today, Paul was a man waiting execution. And he's waiting this execution because he spent his life living out the commands of Jesus Christ. And because despair was a real possibility for those who had come to Christ because of Paul, Paul tells his beloved friend Timothy, who had become a young pastor, he says, bear your share of the hardship which the gospel entails with the strength which comes from God. Paul knew that the vision would triumph if believers stayed faithful to it. The mustard seed was long used as a metaphor to teach humility by comparing that tiny seed to all of the greatness of the universe. And in this vein, Jesus offered hope. Jesus offered hope to counter despair. He says, if the smallest amount of faith the smallest amount of faith is lived with purpose. Even that is enough to make the difference. And in Jesus' day, planting mustard and important spice could be a problem. Because in producing so many seeds that, that once planted, it was almost uncontrollable. Think about those tiny seeds of faith that we possess. How uncontrollable that can become in the world if we nurture it. This is the antidote for what seems in our day to be a, a dying Christianity. You know, as our important religious and civil feasts approach, we can turn the vision they represent into reality. If we conform our lives to God's vision, his vision will be impossible to stop. But we must remain faithful, and that is not easy. It takes great effort on our part. But there is great satisfaction in it, great hope, and great joy.